We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Five steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still to feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. And we're here on the cusps. I just wanted to use the word cusp, Mike. Just cusps. Of the playoffs. With the Rams winning today, 20-19. Late comeback over the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Mike... How you doing? Yes, indeed, man. Uh, just looking forward to getting into some discussion. Uh, good win, but we got to clean up some few things. So, uh, man, excited about the new year. Hopefully everyone is off to a great start of this 2022 on day uh, two. And, uh, man, the Rams look like they're putting themselves in a pretty good position to uh, make this run deep into the playoffs. Tough win today. Tough. I mean, it was – and it was tough, basically self-inflicted tough, by the way. But tough. Tough to watch. And yet, this is, I think this is the first time that team had them like this this year, and they came back to win. Usually when a team gets them down like this, runs at them, runs at them, runs at them, the Rams have they fallen apart. Not this time. Not this time. I'm not sure how you, if you agree with me on that one, but 
I'm looking back at the Arizona loss. I'm looking back at the um, the Tennessee loss, and all those games to me, they is the same formula: wear the Rams out, get turnovers, run at them, run at them, run at them, and eventually they just can't come back. That's not what happened today. Did you view it that way? Did you did you view it differently? No, much of what you uh, have stated, man, I definitely agree with. And, you know, these are some of the games that that you got to win down the stretch if you're going to be in the hunt, one, to get into the playoffs and then to do something in the playoffs. And hopefully with each win and even maybe if it's a loss uh, before we finish up, you're able to learn and take that into this playoff situation, which is a whole new season. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was one of these wins that, that could have easily been uh, a loss, but they were able to overcome some of their uh, shortcomings throughout the game and, and get it in the win column, and that's what you got to do when you're going to be a good team. Yeah, also, before I move on, and I'll forget, I want to apologize to you and to the 410 Sports Talk team. We did a preview podcast recording this week uh, for the Ravens, and you'll notice it didn't show up. Because when I recorded it, the uh, one of the interviewees, the recording just didn't work. And so we didn't end up putting the podcast out. So I'm going to apologize to 410 Sports Talk, James and and Glenn over there. Because, I mean, man, I'm sorry you guys didn't get the show out. We tried to fix it, didn't work. And I hope to get you guys in the offseason. So again, apologies for that. Um, I, I also want to note this too. When we look at the score 2019, the Ravens came in 8-7, and seven, Mike. I also thought that we could easily say it's an 8-17, and 17, the Rams should run away with this. Uh, Baltimore is probably one of the better coach teams in the league. They've also had a lot of injuries, done a lot of problems out there. I didn't expect this to be a blowout game. I know you, you didn't either. This is going to be a tough game. Anytime you play uh, the Baltimore Ravens, you got to bring your, your, as they say, lunch pail and everything else because it's going to be one of those that you're going to have to bite down on that mouthpiece and go tackle somebody, hit somebody, and do a bunch of things that need to happen to get it in the win column. And so they were able to to do that. And uh, you you can't uh, mistake or misjudge that they did it against a real good team in their house. Yeah, and, you know, again, that team is their toughest nails. And they got blown out last week. They had a lot to play for. They had a lot to play for today. So in the playoff hunt, they, man, they really, that's all I got to say. They really, uh, in my view, they showed up. They showed up. And it's, it's a worthy win. It's 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 a game that didn't need to be the way it did. There's one person I do hold responsible for being the, this game being close like it was, but it's also that person that's responsible for that last drive, getting them downfield too. So, got a lot to talk about. Before we do, want to ask you to Apple Music, leave a five star review, really appreciate it. We'd also really appreciate it if you subscribe and follow us on social media, Twitter, on Facebook. You have the Rams Talk Room and the Rams Talks page. Uh, we, we would love to have you there. And before you even get going for the rest of the show, let's go ahead and knock our talk to our sponsors. Here we go. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so Mike, you ready for these numbers? I think Mike muted me. We try and tell him, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. <laughs> My gosh, we have to do that at least once an episode. Mike has to do this at once an episode. Once. Just once, at least once. Oh my gosh! All right, here we go. Rams twenty-first downs. Ravens nineteen. Third down efficiency, a rough one there for both teams. Three for nine for the Rams. Four for fourteen for the Ravens. One for one for fourth down for the Rams. Three for three for the Ravens. Yikes! Total yards: Rams three hundred seventy-three. The Ravens three twenty-seven. Total plays, Rams 56, Ravens 69. So they are out that 13 extra plays. Rams average game per play 6.7 to the Ravens 4.7. This is where things got tough. The Ravens rushed for 165 yards on 32 carries. Rams 73 yards. Passing, 300 yards, net yards for the Rams, 162 for the Ravens, 8.3 per pass for the Rams, 4.4 for the Ravens, how about that defense? Five sacks today. Five sacks for the Rams. One given up. They, we had two interceptions. We've got to talk about those. Penalties, not a bad game for penalties. Four for 35 for the Rams. Four for 24 for the Ravens. And each team lost a fumble. Time possession, 33 minutes, 39 seconds for the Ravens. 26 minutes for the Rams. Usually in that kind of game, the Rams lose. Not today. Passing, Matthew Stafford, 26-35. For 309 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So, Michelle, 19 rushes for 74 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, and touchdown. Cooper Cup, six catches, 95 yards, touchdown. Tyler Higby, six for 69. Van Jefferson, four for 63. And Odell Beckham Jr., 539. And the game winning touchdown, by the way. Those are top four receivers. For the Ravens, Tyler Huntley, 20 of 32 passing, 197 yards, and a touchdown. No, sorry, interception. Devontae Freeman, 14 carries for 76 yards. Tyler Huntley, his carries for 54 yards. And Latavius Murray, 11 carries for 31 yards. Receiving Mark Andrews, his six catches for 89 yards. Rashad Bateman, 758. Marquise Brown, 
that one with this was the credit here. He's he's our home run threat. Marquise Brown three for twenty eight, and Devin Duvernay with two catches for nineteen yards. Uh, Matt Gay missed his first field goal in forever today, but got two extra points. Johnny Hecker had a nice day, two two punts, four six yards, and here we go. Vaughn Miller two sacks. Aaron Dahl half a sack. Leonard Floyd half a sack. Ashawn Robinson a sack. Troy Reader a sack. Also had ten tackles total. Detroit Reader over on the Ravens only one sack. This Tyrus Bowser. And there we go. What do these numbers tell you, good sir? They tell me simply it was a real football game today. And so when you have a real football game, again, who's going to bite down and make the play when it needs to count? And you can tell by the final score, 20 to 19, it was one of those games. Uh, And as you just stated, we had to come up with uh, Odell Beckham scoring that last touchdown. Uh, But we had to stop him on D. Uh, to to you know make sure that uh, you know that that win ended up being a win. So again, when you're going on the road across country, you're going to play a a team like the Ravens. You know, obviously they may look at it and say, "Well, man, if we had our number one guy here, it may not have been close." And that's what I love about any game: NFL, college, high school. Uh, it doesn't matter who's playing, whoever's playing, you have to go get it done or not. So uh, the what if game never changed a score. The what if game never changed the outcome of a game. Once it was the outcome after the fourth quarter whistle went off. So the Rams win, Ravens lose. You can say what could have, should have, would have been all day long. Uh, but it's one of those games that if you're a Ram player, you know that you can win it down a stretch. Well, I would I would want to say this about the game. The Rams, getting up 160 yards running is a concern. It's a concern. And some of the, the plays we saw today, there was one play, it was Devontae Freeman's 32-yard rush, go off the left-hand side, and Ashawn Robinson was held up by that left tackle there. And Robinson, who is supposed to be our, you know, a core run stuffer, and usually he is, he would just stood up and just stood there. Just stood there. Didn't move the little wave at all. You know, that that can't happen. That cannot happen. You're you are brought in as a run defender to move the pile, to move in the trenches. You can't be stood up there. That's not what you're brought in for. And so there's the little things like that you catch, little things you see on film that tell you, okay, this wasn't their best day. But to their credit, I mean, they were outplayed for much of this game, and a lot of it came from Matt Stafford. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Matt Stafford threw you know, a couple of interceptions, uh, had a, a, a fumble that, let's just say it was frustrating to say the least, he was responsible for three turnovers today, 16, 16 points. He was responsible for 16 Ravens points, points off turnovers. How did you feel about Matt Stafford's performance? Let's break it down from first three quarters to the last quarter because they're going to be different. How would you break it down? First three quarters, some would, would say was probably disastrous in the sense that you can't – turnovers are bad enough. Turnovers that lead to points usually – kill you in the sense of overall momentum back and forth and those are what 
like really takes away momentum in an overall game, especially when you're playing a good team, you know, as the Ravens that are going to be gritty and grimy and, you know, they're going to make you most of the times earn everything of what you get. So it was really fortunate that the defense was hanging in there as well uh, to provide some, some sense of not letting the game get away and enough that we were able to, you know, get that last score. But, you know, I'm looking at some things when, you know, Stafford has committed at least two turnovers, uh, games in which he, there's five games in which he's uh, committed at least turnovers. This one, obviously he fumbled and had two interceptions, which, you know, is not cool. Uh, 15 passes Stafford's had intercepted this season the most since 2018, 2019. So these are kind of some things that are starting to, in my mind, raise some red flags that Stafford, everyone we brought you here, they brought you here, management, because upgrading. But you can't keep turning the ball over at this rate especially not in the playoffs and expect to win. What's your thoughts? I mean, it was basically a tale of not even two halves, three quarters and one quarter. And in that one quarter, he showed why the Rams got him. And in the three quarters, you're wondering, is this the same guy that we just traded away? Because it's a lot of the same decision-making. And what I mean, it's not just the interceptions. It's not just the interceptions. It's the checkdowns. It's the staring down receivers. He's not a three-year vet, a two-year vet. He's a, what, 13-year vet. That interception return for the pick six, he telegraphed that whole thing. Matt Stafford never read his progressions, went right to that guy and zeroed on him. That's a rookie mistake. You're not a rookie anymore. On the interception that was deep. Yeah, it was the interception that was deep. It basically worked as a pun. But it was still third down. And you were in an area where on third and long, if you got close enough, maybe you go for it on fourth down. They went for it once on fourth down in the game. So, you know, on that interception, he, he had Van Jefferson open to his left and threw it in trouble coverage. I mean, those are mistakes that he just can't make on the sack fumble. And I get what he was doing here. He's trying to make a play. He's close to the end zone. He's trying to make a play. And and usually you're going to say, dude, get rid of the football. Don't take the sack. In this situation where you're already going down and a guy is bringing his arms across you, just take the sack, dude. Live to fight and air down. Because it costs him at least three points there. So I'm looking at those particular plays, and there was—I mean, there was one more. There's one more play. It was a third and long. He rolls to his right, and you see his feet on this play. I forget if it was a third quarter play, but his feet kind of just stammered. And then he threw it, and it was off. It was short. It was off. He wasn't sure where to go. Like this is not a guy who is not the confident guy that should be running this offense. And so that's what has me concerned with Stafford, is you just trade away a guy who lost his confidence, who 
in my view, was not prepared. And I, I believe staff was prepared, by the way. That's the one difference we can keep talking about. There's still these golf lovers out there who say, listen, we watched enough of golf to know that he wasn't prepared. Okay. But what with Stafford, we know he's prepared. We know he's got the respect of the offense. But he's still making those mistakes. Why? 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 And it's hard for me to say. Because when this guy's on, he's on. In that fourth quarter, Entering the fourth quarter, his stats were rough. The whole team looked rough. That fourth quarter, man, two touchdowns, he was great. That final drive, he was great. There's, so, Mike, that's what I saw. Man, I saw Jekyll and Hyde, and I see these warning signs for him. But as good as the Ravens can be, I mean, they're an 8-8 eight, eight team now, but at one point they're 8-3 and three before everybody got hurt. They're a better team than 8-8 eight eight indicates. But... You're not going to beat Green Bay like this. You're not going to beat a Tampa Bay like this again. You're not going to beat a Kansas City like this or even Cincinnati, you know, if, if you can go deep into the playoffs. You're not going to beat the 49ers next week like this. They're just not. So I have a real deep concern now about what's going on with Stafford. What is the disconnect in the offense? Still, five wins in a row. We'll talk more about the positives in a moment, but those are some of my concerns, especially at the quarterback position. He lost this game and then won this game for this team. Tale of two players. Mike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, you know, I I don't know if it's, uh, you know, more of trying to make plays like every single time. Every play is not a play that can be made or needs to be made. You know, you mentioned it earlier. Sometimes you have to live to play another down. And, it's better to, you know, take that sack, either punt it or, you know, maybe get a little closer and try a longer field goal. But you can't, you know, misjudge what you actually see. That's why they have the, you know, the the iPads or whatever they're using to review plays between series to give you an opportunity to look at what is actually going on. And so you're supposed to be able to take that and then, you know, especially him being a veteran, have a quick turnaround and be able to, you know, one, not make those mistakes again and then capitalize on really what you should be be seeing. But I totally agree. There are times when he's staring things down. There's times when he's already got his mind made up, like I'm throwing it here. And sometimes that's the issue when you have a situation where, you know, like the Cooper Cuff, who's absolutely as been stellar, you know, steady. Uh, you can think that you can just throw it to him all the time, as opposed to, well, maybe you could throw it to him two plays ago because he was open. Not this time because there's two or three guys on him. Uh, and there's another guy that's wide open. So uh, when you look at all those things and put them together, my concern, like yours, is yeah, you just can't have those kind of unnecessary turnovers. Uh, with your expertise and time in the league, uh, especially against really good teams. I mean, you, you just can't. And now with Arizona winning today, they beat Dallas 25-22. And that means the division's on the line next week. At home against San Francisco, a team that just outright dominated you. It has been dominating you for the last two and a half years. That is, man, that that's... 
I mean, this is going to be a this is going to be a man up week for the Rams. We're gonna, we're about to see how much the team's gotten better. We're about to see how much tougher they've gotten. We're going to see how much character they have because this is a team that's probably in their head, probably in the coach's head, and they're fighting for their playoff lives right now too. As we stand right now, here's how the playoff picture looks at the moment, and this is with the Green Bay game currently on. They're winning against a. a Kirk Cousins, this Minnesota team. But the Rams are sitting right now with the number two seed with the Eagles at seven. That's a game I'm okay with. I think the Rams will do just fine in that game. Uh, Tampa Bay and San Francisco at the three and the six. And a Dallas-Arizona rematch in the other wild card at four or five. By the way, in the AFC, Tennessee right now has number one seed. Kansas City will play the Chargers in the wild card. Indianapolis and Cincinnati. And Buffalo in New England. Oh, that would be a good one. Look, so that's how the playoffs look right now with two games left in the in uh, this week plus next weekend. So if the Rams lose, let's let's go ahead and look at this. Look at the playoff standings now. If the Rams lose next week and the Cardinals win, the Cardinals would win the division. The Rams would drop down to the five seed and go to either. Let me see here how the tiebreakers work. They would probably go to Arizona unless Tampa Bay loses. So that's if the Rams lose. If the Rams win and beat and beat the 49ers, and let's say if Philly wins, the matchup changes and they'll get San Francisco two straight weeks. Or um, New Orleans is still in as well, by the way. New Orleans is still in as well. So New Orleans with a win and a San Francisco loss, they would also pass the 49ers. So, I mean, there's a good chance if the Rams win, they play the Niners twice. And But just in case, I'm cheering for the, the Saints next weekend, aren't you? And if they lose, they're going to Arizona. There's some other matchups in there. I don't, I, I'm sure you don't have them all worked out yet. How how Tampa Bay does, how Dallas works, we'll see. But um, that's what it looks like right now. Do, would you want to play the four hours twice, Mike? There's no way. Because if they win, they no have a good ch- they have a chance at playing. Right. If they beat the Niners, they have a chance at playing them twice. But right. both times will be at home. Right, but still, it's just one of those games that the matchup, for whatever reason, uh, home or not, it seems that at least uh, over these last number of times, I'm going to say last three, four years, it, it just seems like, uh, you know, they somewhat have our number. So it's better to be be safe than sorry, you know, play a team that doesn't necessarily have your number like that, uh, where you can you know, maybe not psychologically, like, here we go again, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But uh, you would hope that having the Niners, you know, kind of getting some of those wins and different things, uh, that they're going to, you know, as they say, play a little harder, a little smarter, whatever all those things are. But, yeah, it just, it just, you know, and typically it doesn't matter who it is. Typically you play a team twice. You can beat them once, but you're probably not going to beat them twice. 
Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's a tough decision there. Because if the Rams win, they, they're in a good position to have to play the, the Niners again, unless, of course, the Saints win. Now, they're, they're, if I'm missing some of the please let sense email us know. Again, I'm looking at this offhand, so I won't be perfect with it. But that's how that's how the map looks right now. And the Saints, by the way, play that put the Falcons on the road last week. The Falcons don't have a whole lot to play for. They're already eliminated, so we'll see. And, and of course, the Eagles can move up with the win in a 49ers loss. Let's see how this goes. We'll see how this works out. There's yeah, one more week left. And, uh, and and by the way, the Niners won the day 23-7 against Houston. They were down for much of the first half until a Trey Lance touchdown pass to Eli Mitchell got down 10-7 from that point forward. Um, they did pretty well. Uh, four Niners, Trey Lance did fine. 16-23, 249, two touchdowns interception. Also ran for 30 yards. Solid day. Uh, but again, they're playing the Titans. It's kind of hard to gauge Titans versus the Rams, so to speak, how Trey Lance will do. But they always come in ready to roll with the Rams. They always come in ready to, to hammer us. So I don't know what to think about it. Any other thoughts here? I do want to hit a couple of things the Rams did well. Maybe we talked about some of the negatives and on in some things they did well. But anything else you want to get at before we go there? No, no, that's good, man. I think think we're you know right on schedule in regards to you know all those things we've discussed. So yeah, let's move it on. Okay. So one thing I want to know: the defense, um, they struggled in this game quite a bit, especially against the run. But in when when things counted, you know, when they were when their backs were against the wall, this defense stepped up today. I'm talking fourth quarter. I'm talking. Uh, in parts of the third quarter, even though they were dragged around for six, seven-minute drives, even in the first quarter, first, second quarter, they, this could have been much worse. Like, the defense is, I think, what saved the Rams in this game. They bent. They gave up some some plays that you wish they wouldn't have. Uh, there's, again, long drives, but the Rams' defense stepped up enough to keep, give the Rams' offense a shot, to give Matt Stafford a chance of redemption. Five sacks, two from Von Miller today. I'm pretty happy with that. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you get down the stretch and you got to do something decent defensively, you have to do these things. Uh, there's one thing I think I would like to just mention. I, I don't know, you know, Sony Michelle, that dude is legit. You know, Boston, I mean, Baltimore made a great play on one. He was outside. He probably would have scored, but safety made a great play on a, a third down play. But other than that, man, that guy runs hard. That dude is picking up first downs, you know, third and ten, and he just has a little bit of shiftiness enough to to do it. And so, uh, having said all that, yes, bent but don't break. You know, you had an interception by uh, Fuller. Uh, you had some timely either uh, pressures or sacks by, you know, the deep front. And then, again, you get a big play down the end, uh, 50-something seconds, I think it was left in the game with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. catching a, a great play. and <clears throat> it's, it's a Two in a row. This dude ca- yeah, catches, yeah, two in a row, but, you know, catches with his hands, and he was able to somehow stretch uh, and get that in the uh, end zone over the pylon. But, you know, Baltimore stopped him on that two-point conversion to give him a chance, and so uh, if you're, you're on the Boston, Baltimore side, not Boston, the Baltimore side, 
you would say, man, hey, man, that's all we could hope for. We we did a chance, and you know we can try to put it on the field goal kicker. But yeah, the Rams stepped up and and got it done uh, late, and so that was the difference in the game. One point win, great win. You know, and, and just look at Odell Beckham Jr. You guys take a lot of heat, and myself included, I was not real thrilled with the signing. And I remember Tommy coming to the show and mentioning this. You know, if you are unhappy with your employer and you don't want to be there, you just can't quit. But ever since he signed with the Rams, man, he's been like he's been. Oh, he's been a godsend. He's been he's been everything they could hope he could be given the situation they're in. And I would love to see the guy back again next year. It's weird that I would say that because I am not, I have never really ever been an OBJ fan, but he's been a constant professional. He's been a great teammate. He's been there. He was there today when they needed him. And you put him, I mean, just, I can just start drooling, imagining him in a wide receiver team with a healthy Robert Woods along with Van Jefferson and in Cooper Cup, man. Oh my gosh, the drooling that just takes place already. I'm like, I got to clean myself up here. This my mouth is watering. The idea that next year, with the healthy with the healthy Bobby Trees, but also want to know Cooper Cup again. Same old Cooper Cup, six catches, ninety five yards. Now the Rams' all time single season leader for receiving yards. All time, all time single season receiving leader um, surpasses Isaac Bruce. So congratulations to him. Your former teammate, am I correct? You did play them, didn't you? No. Oh, wait, you I didn't get a chance to. You by, missed him by a year, basically by one year. Yeah. Yeah, I man. Signed out in uh, Miami, and they drafted him that year. So, yep. my bad, my bad. But, but there's him. Um, great for him. Also, again, Sony Michelle, great job. They didn't run for a whole lot of yards, but his his runs matter because it opened up the rollouts, the play action. Yes, then he had yes. that. Then that's something you you don't need to be, you know, a team that runs for 120 yards a game. You just need to be effective when you do run. And they were. Absolutely. One of the things uh, you're talking about, OBJ, you know, I wouldn't big OBJ because, you know, once you do stuff that tries to make you bigger than the team, well, that's in you. You know, I think we saw that with Antonio Brown. His days in the NFL probably are done at this time. Nobody goes crazy because you think you're not going to make an incentive and you literally take your stuff off in the middle of the game and walk off the field. That just doesn't make sense. Uh, OBJ had a little bit of that in him, you know, kicking the field goal over, doing different things. Uh, I think his years in Cleveland a little bit humbled him in the thing of, yeah, you have these injuries and things, and the next thing they're saying, yeah, man, you're you're not as good as you think you are. But to your point, he's come here. He's been, as they say, a consummate professional, and as each game goes, he's more and more involved. The thing that's going to be a big advantage, as you noted, when you have all those guys back, you can't really do some things because I often look and go, okay, man, you guys know they're going to throw it to Cooper Cup or, you know, Stafford's going to throw it to him. But sometimes they have two or three guys on him and he still is able to make a play. And then he does a little thing like he was acting like he was kind of going out of bounds. Then he just cut up field and just took off for like, I don't know, another 20-some yards, almost scores. Uh, but then down the stretch, they're like, yeah, we're going to take this guy away, which now OBJ is going to be anybody one-on-one. And so that opens those things up. 
We saw uh, what's his name, Skoronic eighteen, make some plays. Obviously, Jefferson made a few plays. Higby got some tosses. So spreading the ball around, but now when you are going to try to systematically take a guy like Cooper Cup out the game. Now the other receivers get opportunities, but then they got to step up when their numbers call. And they did today. Everybody stepped up. Even Troy Reader, who takes a lot of Christian, had a couple of nice plays there to, to make some to, to make a difference. And and that's how they pulled this off. It was an ugly game. It was a game you have to win the NFL, and they did. And more more power to them. Uh, I'm hoping that they can carry the momentum over and win number six in a row. Come next weekend. We don't know yet when that game will be. It'll be Saturday, Sunday, or Sunday night. We'll find out. And as soon as we know, we'll let you know. In the meantime, you mentioned Antonio Brown. And I, we couldn't end the show today without mentioning it. Because we don't really, I, you know, no one really understands what on earth happened at all. Okay. He, we're hearing reports that he was on the sidelines. Bruce Arians is trying to tell him to go back in the game, and Antonio Brown actually refused to go back in the game. This was on the uh, this was on Fox Today. They're talking about it, and then apparently after he refused to go back in the game, Arians like, okay, well, fine. If you're not going to go in the game, then get out of here, go. And that's when basically Antonio Brown took his jersey off, his shoulder pads, and basically <laughs> how to say it. Jogged, pranced, this kind of halfway streaked across the top of the end zone on his way down the tunnel. Um, man, <sighs> what do you say to that? <laughs> he gave up multiple yeah. bonuses. He only needed like one more catch or something like that, and a couple different things he needed to get to get some incentives. And he basically gave up his incentives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my one of my sons was saying that apparently he needed five more catches, but supposedly they they had him along with Mike Williams on a pitch count as far as, you know, working them back in and really getting ready for the the playoffs. My thing is if it's the third quarter and they're saying, Hey man, well you we're probably not gonna put you back in any more than the game. But then now you're saying there's also reports that, no, they were putting him back in the game, which yeah. now makes it really ridiculous that, yeah, you would, because you didn't get them early. But the thing is, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, if you don't try to finagle the system, well, you're not going to end up missing those games, which you would have had that incentive. Let's just say it was five catches or whatever he needed to get supposedly, uh, according to one of my boys, uh, like a $3 million bonus or something. So uh, I don't know if he had his stats wrong or, or whatever, but you know we all know that when it comes to some of these playing time bonuses, they can legitimately help you get them, or they can go, man, we're going to stick with the game plan. Well, man, all I need is two more catches. Hey, man, uh, yeah, we're not going to purposely just try to get you incentives. Uh you know, some teams will say, man, you're owed that. We're going to make sure you get it. Uh, but at the same time, if you do it, what's right, maybe you're one or two catches shy, but you have a big, you know, Super Bowl run and help them win or whatever. And, and they decide, hey, man, we're going to reward you anyway. But 
I just think when you do something like that, again, against uh, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and the other ones who somewhat went out on, uh, you know, and out on their own accord to, you know, bring the guy in. But Bruce Arians from day one was clear that, hey, man, you know, we, we can't have, you know, a bunch of screw ups. But when you do that and then the way you do it, you, you unfortunately, you know, AB a- doesn't understand he's not bigger than the league. And so you're, in my opinion, you're not going to get another opportunity. Nobody's going to keep dealing with you and your antics. They're just not. But he thinks he's good enough that another team will pick him up. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I don't think they will. I think he needs mental help. I mean, I, I, I think it's because beyond, I think it's because beyond the game. He tweeted after the game a picture of himself and it said Super Gremlin. On Instagram, he had a picture of him dropping a football in a Tampa Bay uniform and said, Big Mad, making a difference. Thanks for the opportunity. And and then it's like a bird like going away, like flying away. I just, there was something wrong with this dude for all the different behaviors he's shown over the course of the last, you know, four or five years. There's no, there's no other way to explain it except something's wrong with him. He needs help, actual help. Could it be CTE? Could it be something else? I don't know. But the dude needs to see somebody. And he needs to see somebody now. Because this is heading down the wrong way. There's no logical reasoning for the behavior today. There was no logical reason for a lot of his behavior back when he was the Raiders and the Patriots. So, even at the end of the Pittsburgh era, there was no real logical reasoning for the way he behaved, the accusations he made, so on and so forth. I just don't see it as, hey, this guy... It's just being a jerk. I see it as something is wrong with this guy. People praying, people need to pray for the man and give him the help he needs, hopefully, because this is a ticking time bomb, in my view. This kind of behavior is repeated, and that's a bad sign. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, I don't know how much it goes into the depths of overall mental state, but yeah, something is going on. My personal opinion is, having played with some of these guys, they just think they're bigger than the team. And when you get that in your mind, no, man, you guys need me. The league needs me. Well, there's 100 teams that want to sign me, you know, because nobody, you might have done that when the game is over in the locker room and do that. But when you do that out there on the field, what you're saying is, yeah, man, blank everybody. I'm out of here. I'm going to go sign with somebody else. And that's where somebody's probably on the sideline, oh, man, well, you know, I got five teams that want to sign you, A.B., and you go, okay, but they might have want to sign you seeing that you've been what they consider a teammate, and you come in and did a good job, but now when you do something like that, that just puts back all the stuff you now have done in the past. Again, when you talk about Pittsburgh, pretty good organization. You talk about the Raiders, they've always been known for taking care of their guys. You didn't make it there. You go to uh, Mm -hmm. New England, it didn't work out there. Brady goes down here. He literally lobbies to get you back in the league. He gets you basically back in, and you did okay last year. And then this year, you go right back to doing what you were doing. So, yeah, I I just, you know, I saw that. I tweeted to my kids. I said, man, this dude is done. I mean, there's just no way anybody will sign him. He's just not dependable. He don't know when he'll go off the, go off the handle again. And he's not 
as good as he thinks he is. That's the problem. He thinks he's probably a top three receiver. So if you think you're a top three receiver, well, you definitely think like, oh, there are 20 some teams that would sign me. But no, they're not. I mean, but here's another thing, another thing to that, though, is they, the Bucks actually do need them. They lost Chris Godwin. So alongside Mike Evans, they kind of needed him. And so his loss actually, I think, does hurt the team. You know, that's true. That's true. But, you know, you, you're going to have some guy on a practice team or someone steps get up in there and they'll, they'll get their chance. And, yeah, they'll end up being like, yeah, we could have used a guy like him and his expertise. But at the same time, what's the point if everything is about him, regardless of how much we've kind of done to make sure he has an opportunity? So, yeah. Next man up, someone will get an opportunity and they'll take advantage of it. I mean, you got to think, well, today for them, uh, Cyril Grayson, Tyler Johnson all tipped up uh, six catches and four catches, respectively. I mean, they should. I mean, it should be that, should be the case, and we'll see how they hold out come playoff time, how teams cover them. I mean, but still, I mean, he, he's still a good enough receiver to be, you know, legit. Like, he's not, I don't think he's. Like you said, top three, top five, top ten guy anymore. But he didn't need to be. So, you know, it is what it is. It's over now. It is what it is. <laughs> All right, folks. It is time for us to go. If you could follow us on Twitter at TalkGrams, we'd appreciate it. Follow Mike on Twitter. Follow him at 1Do23Me at DC Paula. Find us on Facebook. We're in the Facebook group, Rams Talk Room, or the Rams Talk page. And we'll be back later this week. Bunny Hands will be here. We'll be here for a 49 preview. And we're, we're close. One more win. Got a division title. One more. From Mike and the entire team here. Derek C. Paul saying we're out of here. Have a great one. We're out of here. Happy New Year. Happy flipping New Year.